Hey, Pastor Kevin Wallace here from Redemption to the Nations Church, and I believe today God has given me a word that is going to speak to your life. Listen, we need strength and we need comfort, and today we're going to find it in the Word of God. Hang on, and I'll see you at the end of this message for prayer. Receive the word. How many feel that way today? Ephesians chapter 6. Verse number 15. And you got to say amen. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able, oh, I wish somebody would hear the word today, with which you will be able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one. Look at your neighbor say, neighbor, put on your shoes and take up your shield. Ah, reach over to your other neighbor and tell them, put on your shoes and take up your shield. Jesus, help me teach today for a few moments. In your name I pray, amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I remind you, as I have every Sunday, I've taught on battle threads that Paul wrote this book of Ephesians from a prison cell. It is one of four prison epistles that Paul writes while his hands are in chains and he looks through iron bars. Walking the hallways of those prisons were Roman soldiers who were decked and clad in battle threads. They had on their Roman attire, their military grade protection, and he would pass and see these men passing him in this prison. And one day while he is contemplating and considering the warfare that he is in. He looks at the weaponry and the armor of these Roman soldiers in this prison with him and the spirit of God quickens to him that just like those Roman soldiers have natural armor in which they defend themselves and fight in the battle, so we, the people of God, have armor as well. It is not natural armor, it is not, it is not steel and metal that defend us from the, the wickedness and the evil day that we live in. It is the spiritual armor that Christ has given us that give us the upper hand in battle and the promise of victory in our future. How many can praise God even if you're in the middle of a battle? How many can praise God that we have evidence already that no matter what happens in tomorrow, we have victory in our future? That's a good reason to praise the Lord. I talked to you last week about this armor that Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, begins to articulate for the people of God. And last week, I talked about the breastplate and the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness and the belt of truth. And Paul just keeps going down the line that I'm going to follow his outline uh, today as I continue this series. And he continues to talk about the armor and he talks about having feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and the shield of faith, the shoes 
and the, the shield. Everyone say the shoes. Now, when we think of shoes and we think of this verse, all my life I have, I have leaned into the idea that the, sh- the shoes that Paul was talking about is the preaching of the gospel everywhere you go. And there's certainly credence to the idea that we who were born again should be teaching and preaching and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ everywhere we go. Behold how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good tidings. How many know that all of us are to do the work of an evangelist? I know we have Pastor Gary who's our share pastor. We have an evangelism team. But how many know you cannot hire out your responsibility? I can't hire out my responsibility to, for somebody else to evangelize for me. The Bible said you and I should do the work of an evangelist. All of us. And so I, I'm not saying today, I'm not here to offer some uh, um, sharp or, or you know, critique or rebuke about that thought. But that's really not what Paul is talking about when he says, put on the shoes, have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. He's not talking about walking around evangelizing. He's talking about something very specific that those who read this text in his day would have understood, and this is what it is. When he says, have your feet shod, the word shod literally means put on the kind of shoes that will help you to hold your place and to advance at the right time. In fact, I want you to put that picture up, Chad, if you don't mind. Everyone see that? That is what a Roman soldier would wear. And those little hobnails uh, that they put on the bottom of the shoe, they would nail hobnails to the bottom of the shoe. And how many have ever played football or baseball and you wore cleats? Come on. Cleats have those, those, uh, those rubber, hard rubber uh, uh, things coming out of the bottom of the shoe. And that is so that you plant your foot and can push off. And when you're a lineman and you're blocking on the offensive line, you cannot be on roller skates or they'll push you everywhere. You got to have cleats so that you can dig those cleats into the ground and you can resist that which is pushing against you. And when Paul said, have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, what he saw and he's thinking when he says this, he's thinking of those shoes that the Roman soldiers would put on their feet that had hobnails sticking out of the bottom and they would plant their feet and not be able to be moved. And not only would they plant their feet, but they served as an assistance in climbing hills and in crags when they were in battle. Those hobnails sticking out of the bottom of the shoe would provide great traction. Don't miss this. Paul says, have your shoes on, not just any kind of shoes, but the shoes of the gospel of peace. This is powerful because anytime Paul talks about the God of peace, he understands that the God of peace in two different dimensions. If you're taking notes, write this down. When Paul says put on the shoes of peace, he understands that the God of peace gives us two dimensions of peace. Number one is a legal transaction. Number one is an experiential transaction. Let me explain what I mean. When he says put on the the shoes of peace, first of all, remember he says the gospel. Everyone say the gospel. The gospel of peace is really in the Greek, it means the good news of peace. And when Paul talks about the good news of peace, he understands it in two dimensions. If you got a coin in your pocket, you got, you got one coin, but how many know each coin has two sides? So when we talk about the God of peace, 
Paul wants us to, this is throughout every Pauline epistle in the Bible. He wants, to under, he wants us to understand the God of peace in two ways. Number one is peace with God. Everyone say peace with God. You and I need no more reason to shout and to cry and to praise and to lift our voice and to clap our hands and to dance. We need no more reason to do any of that than the fact that we know we have peace with God. How many have ever known somebody dying and you, and you wanted to make sure that they were at peace? You ever heard of that phrase before? What does that mean? Peace with God means that you and I who were sinners and hostile to God, we were enemies of God. He literally had every legal right to throw us into hell. We don't teach this in the church because in this day and time, we are as entitled in the church as, as people in the world are. We think we deserve God. I want to testify. I don't know how you feel, but I need to testify for me. I was a ranked sinner. I was a mess. I was flagrantly opposed to God, and I didn't even try to be. It's just my sinful nature was an offense to him and his holy character. I was, a, I was an offense, I was offended, I was an enemy of God. I was hostile to God. Because of my sin, he could not accept me because he is holy. And yet today, I who was an enemy of God and an alien, according to the book of Ephesians, an alien to the commonwealth of Israel, I had no entitlement to the goodness or the mercy or the blessing of God. He could have judiciously and he could have correctly thrown me and you and all of humanity into hell. So why are we here today? Because on a hill far away, stood an old rugged cross and a man who became, listen, a man who came from heaven to earth, born through the womb of a virgin. He was the son of the living God, God incarnate, not a guru, not a religious hero, not a spiritual leader. He was the son of the living God. His name is Yeshua. He was born through Mary's womb and he came through 40 and two generations and was born and on the night of his birth, angels filled the choir stand of heaven and sang glory to God in the highest watch and on earth. Peace and goodwill to man. Why would angels sing that about a baby? Because they knew who he was and they knew where he came from and they knew that when he came to this jacked up, screwed up, sinful world that one day he would nail on his back the sin of all humanity and every single sin debt that you and I could pile up and put in this altar. We were bankrupt and on our way to hell until Jesus Jesus came and said, let me stroke a check. Let me pay their bill. Let me tell them they're free. And that is exactly why Paul would write in the, in the fifth chapter of Romans, the first verse, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our 
our Lord Jesus Christ. Without Jesus, the dopehead has no hope. Without Jesus, the alcoholic has no hope. But I'm going to go a step further. Without Jesus, the Sunday school teacher has no hope. Without Jesus, the bishop has no hope. There is only one reason we have hope and we are reconciled to God. It's because when my blood said guilty, his blood said innocent. And because the Son has made me free, we are free indeed we have peace with God we have peace with God I woke up this morning and he and I had a talk and he's been good all day long already look at your neighbor tell him you have peace with God When Paul talks about the shoes, he wants you to know you have peace with God. And every time a force leans on you and tries to push you back and tell you that God doesn't love you and God doesn't care and God ain't with you and God's mad at you and God's ready to smite you on the head, let me help you understand something. If God wanted to get you, he'd have got you. Gospel shoes are shoes that are rooted in the promise and the truth that we are at peace with God because we have put our faith in the sacrifice of his son and we believe not only did he die in our place but he rose for us as well and because he, I'm giving you Bible and I hope you're taking what I'm laying down today because there's a lot of people losing their mind and they got no joy in this world and I want you to know this morning that hell can shake can break and the devil can howl and hiss but I'm waking up in the morning with peace because the rock of ages is a cleft for us and we're going to be alright peace with God but oh let me give you that scripture because you need some more Bible today Colossians 2 and you who were dead in your tra- in your trespass yeah let me sister yay yay Brother Flip-Flop, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made us who were dead alive together with him. I'm in Colossians 2.13. With him forgiving us of all our trespasses. Verse 14, how? By canceling the record of debt. I said he canceled the record of debt that stood against us with legal demands. He set them aside. How? By nailing them to his cross. Because he took every sin. Jesus, I praise you. He took every sin I've ever committed and ever will commit and he nailed it to a cross. And he said, yes, that debt was on his account, but I'm going to pay it in full. I want you to know today, not only is my bill been paid, and not only am I out of debt, I'm blessed and highly favored. Look at your neighbor, tell him, neighbor, not only are you out of debt, tell him you're blessed, tell him you're highly favored. We have peace with God. But watch this. The peace we have with God is legal. In other words, the devil cannot now come to you and say you owe me something. 
I'm getting ready to preach up in this church. The devil who knows what you did last night cannot come into the life of a child of God who trusts Jesus and say, you owe me something. Because a child of God who trusts in Jesus says, I did it and I'm sorry, God forgive me. And the moment we confess and repent, it robs the enemy from the power of having a voice to shame us with. The next time the devil comes to you and tells you that you owe him something, point that lying devil back to Calvary and tell him, excuse me, the bill has been paid. Oh, I'm getting ready to bless myself. Come on, look over at your neighbor and say, hey neighbor, the bill has been paid, paid in full. I'm thankful today that he didn't just put a down payment on it, but he paid my bill in full. And because he paid it in full, we have righteousness with God. Now, the righteousness we have with God through the blood of his son Jesus produces more than a legal understanding of freedom. It produces an experiential peace called the peace of God. Peace with God is legal. Everybody say legal. Peace of God is experiential. The peace you have with God through Jesus is automatic when you ask him to be your savior. But the peace you have of God, the peace of God can be experienced as you cooperate with the word. This is why the Bible said, let the peace of God, in Philippians, let the peace of God, not the peace with God, that's Romans 5, peace with God, Romans 5, peace of God, Philippians 4, let the peace of God keep your heart and mind because it passes all understanding. Have you ever had peace that was beyond your level of understanding? This is the kind of peace that you have when loved ones are dying and the devil's absolutely breathing fear down your neck. And you feel like, where is God? And do I have faith? And is God with me? And if he loved me, why is this happening? And all those voices come. The peace of God is something that transcends that understanding. And the peace of God says, in the middle of the greatest trial of your life, you don't have to lose your mind. You don't have to throw in the towel. You can have peace that passes your understanding. Paul says when you get ready to fight in the evil day, you need your feet shod. Put that script, yeah, that, that picture up there. You need, you need shoes like this that have hobnails in the bottom. And when you plant your feet, the devil comes in and starts pushing and saying, God ain't with you. Some of you feel like you're on roller skates. Come in, pushing you all around. Am I saved? Does God love me? Does God got a plan for my life? Is God good? Is God able? If God is good and God is able, where is God? Why am I going? Y'all don't want to be real today. You sitting up there acting like you ain't never had no question. I don't question God. I question God. I questioned him last week. I didn't get mad at him. I didn't stop trusting him. I just said, what's going on? Why is this happening? Can you provide me a little more information? Oh, you ought to get saved. Saved people don't really question God. 
tell that to Jesus who was hanging on the cross and said, Father, why? Why? He was getting ready to hang on the cross and he said, Father, why? Why hast thou forsaken? Where are you? I need to find you. I want to know if you're here. He's hanging on the cross. He's in the tomb trying to get away. Pardon me. He's in the garden trying to get away from it. He said, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Then he's hanging on the cross and said, why hast thou forsaken me? I want you to know that the, the lordship of Jesus didn't remove the pain of his humanity. His humanity was so real that he had to say to the father who he knew was good, why is this happening? How are you letting this happen to me? But at the end of the day, oh, you can talk to me about it on Friday, but you need to hang around because Sunday's coming. And by the time God gets through with this thing, I've got a feeling everything is going to be all right. Watch, 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 watch. The Bible says we have the peace of God and it passes understanding. And we have questions sometimes. And there's some questions going on in the world right now, even among the most amazing church people and church leaders that I know. Where is God? What is happening, Bishop? I'm talking about I got pastors calling me saying, what do you feel like is going on? I tell you what's going on. We're in an evil day. Y'all can't handle this, but I'm going to tell you. This is not little bunny frou-frou. This is not peanut butter and jelly. This is not a tiptoe through the, to the, through the tulip patch. We are in an evil day. There is an all-out onslaught going on. Hell is lobbing and launching every grenade, every fiery dart, every missile, every weapon that it can. And there is one assignment for the enemy to speak a lie that you will believe long enough to bring you into a place of defeat and a place where you get drained. And you, I was reading over in Daniel 7 this past week and it said that the beast, the dragon did one thing, he tried to wear out the saints some of us feel like we're getting wore out tired weary feel like we can't go on. I'm not moaning and whining. I'm telling you what some of you are feeling. Where is God? Where is the healing? Where is the breakthrough? Where is the peace? I want to tell you right now, you need to put your shoes on today. You need to put those shoes on with hobnails and you need to be reminded of two things. Number one, no matter what the devil says and what the devil does, no matter what hell howls and hisses in my ear, I have peace with God. I am saved and the devil can't do me any harm. Number two, not only am I at peace with God, I've got the peace of God. Do you know what the peace of God will help you do? Go to bed in a storm. Go to bed. Look at your neighbor and tell them, go to bed. Sleep. Rest. Wake up. Yawn. Stretch your arms. Drink a coffee. Put on your favorite episode and smile. Why? What if hell breaks loose in my house? What if I get COVID? What if you do get COVID? What if the worst case that can happen, and it would be horrible, we will weep and cry at your funeral, but at some point, we got to tell the demon of fear, you will not intimidate me into losing my joy and losing my shout. We, I feel this on the back of my neck right now. We are on our way to heaven. We act like when we die, the devil wins. The devil never wins. I read a scripture in 1 Corinthians 15. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? 
I feel a shout right there. When I had COVID, I don't know if I've told this, maybe I did. When I had COVID, I was laying in my bed. I told Devin and the girls to get out of the house. They went to Florida. <laughs> Mighty God. They went to a beach. I was laying in the bed. I got sick and bitter. <laughs> I was laying in the bed. And I remember not sleeping, Jason Crabb. This is a true story. I did not sleep for three straight nights, not a wink. I laid in my bed staring at a ceiling. I had gotten dehydrated, Doc. I was sick in my body and sick in my mind. The devil told me sitting in that bed, you'll never see Zion graduate high school. You'll never see Judah graduate. You won't see your boys make it to college. I was laying in that bed and I was tormented. I'm telling you that somewhere on that Wednesday night, Gary Keelan, hillbilly in law, Gary Keelan, got up here and preached under the power. He stopped preaching in the middle of that message. He said, the Lord just said, we need to pray for our pastor. He was down here with some of y'all who come on Wednesday because you're really of God and y'all started praying and I was up there at my house laying in my bed and something got a hold of me oh something got a hold of me I'll tell you what I did I got up out of that bed and some of y'all looking at me like will he please calm down uh, you might have got me to be calm when I was laying in my bed but on this Sunday oh, oh, oh on this Sunday morning I came to holler and to tell the devil that that night I got up out of my bed I walked in my living room and my oxygen started dropping I opened up the front door and said devil get out of my house I shall live and not die I feel a shout in my feet I shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord somebody shout for victory and something happened when I did that I got some peace Still had a fever. Still could hardly walk, but I got some peace. Paul said, put them shoes on so that when the devil leans on you and pushes you, you don't back up, but you get them cleats that I got peace with God and I got the peace of God and I'm, I'm going through in Jesus' name. Then, then, then he says, not only do you put on the shoes, Lord, I got to go because that was so good, but that was just point one. <laughs> he said, not only do you put on the shoes, but you get the shield out. You get the shield. You get the shield. Oh, yeah, let me go get my shield. Let me go. Let me go get my shield. I'm going to get my shield. Yeah, I'm going to get my shield. Okay. Somebody said, that's a big old shield. That's the problem with some people in the church. They're going like this. <laughs> Not me. I'm bringing my shield shield. <laughs> this is a shield. There were two kind of Roman shields. 
Number one was this small little Captain America shield. <laughs> little circle, Captain America shield. But then there was this shield that was a body shield. Uh-huh. That is the word Paul uses in Ephesians chapter 6. He does not use the word for the small Captain America shield. He uses the word for the body shield. And this is what I need you to see that I haven't ever seen until this week. The Bible said, take the shield of faith wherewith you will be able, say able, able. to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. And that word able is the Greek word dynamo. <sighs> yes, 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 yes. It blessed me. And some people are like, what does that mean? Well, how many know what some dynamite is? Yes. This is not just a little shield that helps you and I absorb, barely make it through, barely able to get by, barely able to say you got the victory. This is a shield that has the power of God that enables, that empowers. This is not like I'm going to barely make it and totally get run over and cross the finish line with my lip dragging the ground and I walk in and instead of singing, look what the Lord has done when I go in, I'm singing farther along will. No, 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 no. I'm thankful for the song, but when we cross the finish line, we're not crossing talking about how bad it was. When we cross the finish line, I plan on walking up to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and saying, look what the Lord did in my generation. Can you believe what we did? COVID tried to kill us. The devil tried to drive us crazy. Suicide spirits were trying to take us out. But look what happened. God set North and South America on fire. God set, God set Australia and Asia and China and Russia and Europe on fire. Somebody grab your shield. Let me put this down and preach. Let me help some people in here who are ultra caring. <laughs> oh my God, I'm out here now. I done said it, so I best well go with it. I am, I am so persecuted. Why are you persecuted? They would not give me another Chick-fil-A sauce. I wish I was kidding. We are wussifying the Western church. I know that's a strong word and I'm gonna get some emails. Uh, you shouldn't use them kind of words. You shouldn't say shut up devil. You shouldn't say, okay, I don't wanna say shut up. I wanna say shut up in the name of Jesus. <laughs> we are so wussifying the church that now persecution looks like Somebody didn't put your fries in your Happy Meal. I am so persecuted. I am so, and really what it is, is we're entitled. We think because we're living the American dream and we got our degree hanging on our wall that the whole life should lay down and just roll out the red carpet because aren't we so special? I want you to know if you belong to Jesus, this world hates you and the Jesus in you and you better get over it and get real tough real quick. 
It's not going to get easier. Some of y'all don't like this. You don't want it. You want it to get easier. I don't know if it's going to get easier, but I know this. It's going to get better because those who know God are going to see him roll up his sleeves in this. Oh, God, I feel like preaching. And he's going to reveal his mighty arm and go to battle on your behalf. He said, take up the shield of faith. What is faith? What is faith, Pastor? What is faith? We heard about it all of our lives, but what is faith? I'm going to give you a simple definition. Faith is simply believing God. Yeah, but, 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 no, 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 kill the butt. Faith is simply believing God. Jack, can you put that picture up? This is what's great, great. See that? That is, that is a battalion of Roman soldiers. All of them had this shield. Individually, it was pretty awesome, right? You come against me, wham! I knock you out, man. You come against me, wham! It's got power. It doesn't just take a blow. I can give one out. But here's what's crazy. This shield, and let me make sure I say the word right. This shield is bad all by itself, but something happened in the Roman army, and this is how they became, one reason they became such a powerful, prominent military in a day of battle, because they found out that if you get these, here it is, if you get these soldiers in alignment and they all lift up their shield, they would call for a formation called testudo. That's testudo. Everyone say testudo. Come on, say testudo. When the leader said testudo, testudo, they would form a military formation and they would arrange their their shields like this, and testudo is where we get our English word tortoise. <sighs> Come on, how many ever been bit by a tortoise? Right? But the tortoise has what? A shell. <laughs> and when these Roman soldiers saw the enemy loading up their bows with arrows that were flaming and on fire, they would form a testudo formation. And it was like a tank. They could not be penetrated. And they kept doing this. This is what's beautiful. They would all get in their formation and, and they would all line up and they would start going like this. And the enemy is just shooting arrow after arrow, fiery arrow after fiery arrow. And what they do. And the enemy said, uh-oh. They're still advancing. We're throwing everything we got at them, but they are still, and look at your neighbor, tell them we are still advancing. 
Yes, yes. It's not that the arrows haven't gotten hotter. And it's not that there haven't been more of them lately. It's just that the shield of believing God still works. I wish I could find some help on this Sunday afternoon. So the shield. And listen, if all I got is my shield, that's great. But something crazy starts happening when Jason Crabb brings his shield. And when Sam brings his shield. And when Chris and Rick and Sam bring. When that happens, the enemy, the enemy can't get through. And some of you are vulnerable because the enemy isolated you. I told you last week that when you look at the armor of God, there's nothing for the back. This is why. Because if you're in rank and file, if you're with your battalion, if you're walking in your group and you get in the right formation, then the weak places are covered and the enemy can't find a place to break through. Closing, but the shield of faith, yes, the shield of faith says, I believe God. Well, what are you going to do when you get a fever? Believe God. What are you going to do when it looks like somebody in your family ain't going to make it? Believe God. Look at your neighbor tell him you can still believe God. Uh-huh. That's why the prophet said, the prophet knew something about the shield of faith. That's why the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 53 verse 1, who shall believe our report? Now that's what this is about. Can you still believe the report of the Lord? Anybody here know what I'm talking about? Can you still believe the report of the Lord? Can it look like one thing on the outside, but you believe something else on the inside? Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed. Some of us have lost our shield of faith and we've stopped believing God because we looked at the outside and we took a report from what our eyes tell us. But I'm telling you today, I got faith, not because of what my eyes show me, but because of what the Word told me. The Bible said, faith cometh by hearing. Oh, help me church. And hearing by the Word of the Lord. Some of you have lost your faith because you've been listening to Fox and MSC and and CNN instead of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But I feel like somebody is about to pick up their shield of faith and testify before you leave this house. I still believe God. Slap somebody, tell your neighbor before we close. I still believe God. I still believe God. I believe God is who he said he is. And I believe God will do what he said he'll do. Uh-huh. Noah believed God and he built a boat to the saving of his house. Abraham believed God and become the father of many nations. Rahab believed God and saved her whole family. David believed God and killed a giant with a sling. Mary believed God and had a baby in a virgin womb. I came to tell you that Gigi and Carrie believed God and he put their marriage back together. I came to tell you that Robbie was dying of COVID, but God brought him out of the hospital and he's here this morning because they believed God. Anybody believe God? The Bible said that faith is the way we please the Lord. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. Have faith in God. 
Rick, stand with me. I'm through preaching. Sometimes, sometimes stand with me. I'm through preaching. Some of y'all are for real. Yep. If you didn't catch it, you missed it. Sam, come here, Sam. Sam, come here. Mama, come here, Mama. Come here, Mama. That's my sweet Mama. Yeah. Justin, come here. Justin, come here. Parch, come here. Come here, Parch. Come on, come on. Come on, Parch. Come on. Sometimes, sometimes I throw up my shield and I get weak and I get tired. Say, Pastor, you can't be like that. You are a leader. You can't be like, oh, no, no. Sometimes I have to say things like, I'm just going to keep on believing you, God. And that's when the family comes together and we all, we all lift up our shield together. Some of us have to lift it up high. Some of us have to keep it like this. And we just say, he's got us. Let's just take another step. Come on, we're going on our gospel shoes. Let's just take one more step. Yeah, yeah, we're getting hit. We're getting lit up. The, the, the arrows are flying in. My mind is under an attack. My family's under an attack, but I'm going to keep on moving. Come on, y'all, just take, just take one more step with me. If God be for me, if God be for us, oh, come on. I feel the Holy Ghost. If God be for us, who can be against us? Some of you haven't had some strength in battle in a long time because you've gotten isolated and you feel like you're all by yourself. My, my nephew was sitting here a minute ago. He had to go. He's going back home tomorrow morning early. I asked many of you to pray for him. Y'all stay right here. He's a 20-year-old. I mean, he's a stud. He's just sharp. He's strong. He's a beautiful kid, great heart. He went to serve in the army. Out of all the battalions in the military that got called up to go to Kabul and get in that crazy mess, his battalion was one of them. The day before he got on a C-30, they gave him a test several weeks ago. And they said, son, you can't go to Kabul. You have COVID. No symptoms. Didn't even know he had it. He was so mad at me and his mama and his granny. My mama standing here. He said, y'all prayed? <laughs> I didn't want this COVID. I wanted to go to Kabul with my battalion. Everybody in his battalion but him went to Kabul. They were just a few feet away when the bomb went off at the airport. Somebody he knows very well got shrapnel all up in his leg from the bomb. What he don't know. Somebody was praying. Protect my baby, Lord. His mama, his nanny, his uncle. I called the National Guard to pray. I called everybody. I called people that were saved. I asked sinners to pray for him. I mean, I ask Muslim people, pray for my nephew. He, he needs deliverance. God, protect him. I'm kidding. Protect him, Lord. I, I got everybody to pray. Why did you get everybody to pray? Because I believe God. I believe God. Some of y'all got some stuff going on in your house. The enemy told you it will always be that way. Where is your faith? Whose report will you believe? 
I feel like today somebody is making up their mind before we go home. I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. I keep going back to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Our God is able. But even if he don't do it the way I ask him, these knees won't bend to your 90-foot image of gold. And I will not dance to the tune of your Babylonian lullaby. I belong to God. Some of you need to correct your theology this morning. Because you'll serve God as long as he keeps you from the fire. Put it in D. Get the microphone to the man of God. Some of, you, some of y'all will serve him as long as he keeps you from the fire. But you're not quite sure about how you're going to do if he keeps you through the fire. Oh, if I had time, I'd preach like Brother Youngblood used to preach, Young Smith. He said, well, three went in, but I don't see three there no more. There's four men. Three went in bound, but there's four men, and they look loose. If three went in, and then they saw four, and three came out, where is the fourth man? He's still in the fire. So many times of question. Somebody just thank him for a minute. Certain circumstances, things I could not no, no, understand. Thank you. Come on, just lift your hands and thank him. Many times and trials, weakness blurs my vision. My frustration. That's when my frustration. Get so out of hand. Oh, but it's then I'm reminded that I have never been forsaken. <laughs> and I've never had to stand one test alone. It's <laughs> when I look at all the victories. And I'm reminded that all God has done for me, it's through the fire my weakness, it's made strong. (laughs) He never promised the cross would not get heavy, the hill would not be hard to climb. (laughs) He never offered our victories without fighting. But he said help would always come in time. Just remember when you're standing in the valley of decision and that adversary says give in. Says give in. Just hold on. But the saints of God says no. Just hold on. Somebody throw your shield up and say, hold on. Our Lord will show up. Jesus. 
Listen, I want to pray for you today. I believe this message is bringing uh, a strengthening to your faith. In fact, some of you have needs today in your life, and I want to pray for God to meet those needs. If you need healing, I want you to know that Christ Jesus is a healer. If you need provision, I want you to know that your God is a provider. Whatever you have need of today, nothing is too big and nothing is too small for God to meet it. Father, we thank you today for every man and woman that are watching this broadcast. I pray today for those who have needs in their life. They need you to heal them, Lord. They need provision. They need strength. Many of them need to be freed from depression and heaviness. And I just ask in Christ's name today that the power of your precious Holy Spirit would come up on them wherever they are. Break every yoke. Meet every need. Jesus, you're a miracle worker. And by faith, we thank you that the power of God is working in their life right now, turning everything around in Jesus' name, amen. Friend, we love you. We can't wait to see you next week on this broadcast. Until then, we're praying for you. You're in our hearts, and we'll see you soon. God bless.